we're live so welcome to dr days radio's 2021 end of year wrap up i'm one of the regular hosts chris i'm joined by mike hello how's it going i'm joined by chick howdy we're joined by uh crystals there hello and we got dave and we've got james hey hey everybody uh right so yeah that's that's basically what we're doing we're doing a end of year wrap-up of um of what we've done gaming wise what's been interesting this year um general chit chats shit posting you know it's basically what the plan is as you'll notice i have a brand new camera it's cool it, it does stuff I'm, I'm very happy so um yeah i have bought a brand new camera which you know touch wood obviously at this time Hmm. Not with the, the way the stats are. Uh, it will be very good for doing events um, when I set up a whole rig for it. So at least I've got some time to get that sorted before, you know, by the time like it's we, safe we to go out. More cases in the UK now per day than we did at the peak earlier. I know it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. No, it's completely yeah, and... safe. It's all fine. Oh yeah, Nothing yeah. Bad's happening. Um, yeah, and I had now. the booster, and that kicked my ass like that was horrible um so yeah co- um, you know the pandemic has obviously meant one year has blurred into the one before so i yeah i'm sure we'll say oh yeah that came out this year and then we'll realize it was the end of 2020 when that came out so um yeah what's been yeah. interesting i'm gonna ask crystal what's been fun for you this year what's <laughs> been it what's been what's been the highlight this year gaming wise i think actually being able to go to a convention this year gaming wise uh was was great um i got to go to game hole con uh they required everybody to be vaccinated and wear masks at the at the convention and as far as i'm aware of nobody got covid with, while we were there um, everyone was really super respectful of distancing and when eating, either eating outside or making space for everybody. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really good to be around people, even if it was in a cautious manner. Um, and getting to, to talk with people that I connected with over the internet and like, you know, end of 2019, or during 2020 and now finally getting to see them in October. So, Well, that's more than I have done. Adventures <laughs> <laughs> have just not been a, uh, uh, a thing. I think it's been, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been nice. We've had some virtual conventions to do. Um, it'd be nice as always to keep doing that. Um, sad to miss out on dragon meat again, but I mean, until I finish learning to, to drive, um, then uh, public transport, oh, that's a nightmare. But yeah, yeah uh, it's exactly. good that you've been able to go to, to to some conventions. And PAX Unplugged, they were pretty strict on on um, safety, weren't they? So strict. Yes, I was at PAX Unplugged uh, this past weekend, and I was actually one of the staff working there as uh, one of the enforcers. So... Yeah, everyone had to have a vaccination. Everyone had to have uh, their masks on at all times. If I saw you trying to eat your corn dog in the hallway, I'd have to stop and say, hey, could you please put your mask on? 
And then you'd be like, oh, I'm trying to eat my hot, my hot dog. I'd be like, no, please just put it on. And I'd explain to him, we can go up to the food court, these certain locations, or just step outside. There's tables outside right there, right there. Please do so and keep us all safe. And uh, I know of one person that got, uh, that had tested positive for COVID uh, after the convention. Um, but I've seen many, 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 many others that have tested negative. So it seems as though... Um, uh, well, first off, just masks work. Vaccines help quite yeah. a bit. And, um, you know, uh, just trying to keep your distance and, and be safe and that sort of thing definitely uh, does help. But again, if people are not comfortable going to conventions, then don't worry about it. You know, a lot of these conventions yep. also have online components. So you can still, you know, participate, uh, even if you want to do it from a, uh, a more safe location. And, yeah, I think it'd be good. I think even when, I mean... <laughs> Not to be a pessimist, but I don't see the pandemic disappearing anytime soon, even by nope. the middle of next year. So, no. but I think the online components of conventions, I think, are going to stick around a lot longer simply because people have got better at doing this type of stuff. So, why let you know it removes the fear of missing out for a lot of people? Yep. Um, well, only and when we see that improve, I hope. Um, Mike, what was your highlight then? Oh, so. Gaming I feel like wise. I feel like my year was uh I mean there's been a lot of highlights. Uh, like I got into miniature wargaming again, which I haven't been playing, but I've been painting a lot, uh which is very relaxing, that sort of thing. But I think the uh, the humorous thing is that my year started with Cyberpunk 2077 and just ended I just beat Cyberpunk 2077 like a half hour ago. So Excellent. I think that was kind of a Not fun sure way to Congratulations. Yeah, just kind of envelop the uh, envelop the year. I mean I didn't, I didn't really play the game from like February until uh, yesterday, but uh, yeah, it was good to just like. <laughs> I I don't know about one. you, Mike, but do you find it quite at times? It's just quite a relaxing game because you can just drive around and see the sights. It's so good. I love I love driving in the motorcycle. Uh, although they, as we were discussing before, they've definitely improved the uh, the car driving mechanics as well. But the motorcycle has been has been solid gold from day one. And, uh, yeah, just going through the countryside, you know, the hills or, you know, driving through the city, dodging cars uh, and just checking things out is uh, is pretty epic. And um, if you if you get to the end of the game, there's some really cool kind of like vistas and scenes where yeah. you, you get to see different landscapes of the city uh, from angles you haven't seen in the rest of the game, which is pretty neat. Um, I think they did a good job. You know, if you're interested in cyberpunk stuff, um, definitely check it out. You know, I gave it a solid eight out of ten cool i was very happy that my the um the interview with mike pondsmith i got um got cited by an article on the bbc about why cyberpunk is like you know back in vogue what with the matrix you know resurrection and everything so it was nice to have that exactly cited mike pondsmith was at uh pax unplugged running a let me kill your cyberpunk characters uh, event. I don't really know the details. It was next door to me, but uh, apparently a lot of people walked away with smiles on their face and dead character sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. So uh, Dave, what was your highlight? Gaming wise, the highlight for me has been um, actually getting to run a campaign of alien. Um, So I'm running destroyer of worlds at the moment. Um, over on my other thing that I do and oh my god Alien is so much fun as a game to run um, 
getting getting to grips with um, killing characters basically and not being afraid to do it because the alien will just drop on your head and then you'll be dead and you won't know it. So that's kind of been one of the, the main gaming highlights, I suppose, that I've been done. Also, um, Grim Harvest came out this year. Uh, yeah, was I think this did, year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um, getting to write one of the scenarios for Litanies of the Lost for Wrath and Glory, um, and that came out this year. That was really kind of cool to see. Like My, my name is like first first writer on, on that scenario. It was really, really cool. Um, not really done anything, any writing since then, mind you. Um, I've not done any hobby since then either. My, yeah, my you're hobby. finishing up your thesis, mate. Like, I can tell you from, <laughs> from the end, yeah, of my, yeah. my end of my thesis was stressful. Oh yeah, um, I'm on the verge of a panic attack daily at the moment. Um, I've got yeah, three months I, left. I think you were saying like you were you were doing something, and then you get to the point where you've done done the work, and you go, "Wait a minute!" And then you find like a systematic error due to like a bit of coding. I've been oh, yeah. there, and that yes. that puts that that just puts... horrendous. That yeah, that's just that's off the... the first paper to the journal for the referees. Yeah, Came back, the referee grace. had a question. <laughs> Yeah. The referee had a question about, I don't understand where the line's fitting on this graph. And I went into it and go, well, oh, actually, yeah, that's a really good question. And then looked at my code and went, oh, crap. <laughs> my code was wrong. <laughs> the yeah. entire result was wrong. So I then spent four months rewriting that. That paper has now been published. Um, it's now in the journal. It actually went into the journal yesterday on Friday. So. I, lo- I love it when it's though a systematic error where if you do the correction, it doesn't actually change the conclusions because it's it just filters through and oh, it's no, like, this, it's this just like wrong. a short adjustment. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> this one was actually um, wrong. Paper two, yeah, there was cool. a systematic, which is um, kind of, it's been collect- corrected now, but yeah. That's cool with the Cubicle 7 thing, because like we've we've played a lot of Cubicle 7 stuff over the last yeah. year on Dark Days. Yeah. Uh, we'll likely do some more soon. I've got something planned. Um, I'd love to run Grim Harvest at some point. Mm. Um, when you yeah, I was stuff. very happy to have written on Horned Rat. That was great to contribute with like Graham Davis and like the entire cubicle seven team on that and like we now got the entire complete um enemy within campaign and we've you finished running the first part of that um i guess we're gonna have to return to the second part at some point um it didn't all go wrong at the end of that at all it was all perfectly fine you guys didn't do anything wrong yeah except for francesco (laughs) got beaten up um and mostly died off screen horribly um Cool. Uh, James jumped into your... the throat of a great demon. Yeah, so. it got it got worse yeah. after you left. James Chris. Was... It got real. I mean, that <laughs> <Not> was <worse. laughs> Francesco was the turning point to everything just falling apart, man. Honestly, you died at the best time. <laughs> um, Crystal now runs the underworld, basically. Um, I think Mary now runs the underworld. Uh, Ben jumped down the throat of a great demon. Um, Klaus never found his pig. Oh no! The greatest tragedy, to be honest. That is a great tragedy. Um, <laughs> so, James, what was your gaming highlight? Oh dang! Um, I mean, there were some there were some real good moments this year. Like, I I went back to Resident Evil Eight. Obviously, like, was good fun for horror. Like, I I loved the like the movie mashup feel of it. Like, lots of little movies. Um, I went back to Resident Evil Seven to do the DLC mm. before Eight came out. 
did you know in one of those pieces of DLC, you uh, you wear power fists to wrestle a swamp zombie? Oh, really? Yes. As an old, as an old, like an old, like a uh, just just uh, an old uncle, slightly removed from the rest of the family, goes to wrestle swamp zombies with a power fist, like. Fine. I, I hadn't realized that was a part of Resident Evil 7. Um, Neither did so, I. I thought I just went to a mansion and 7? shot zombies. I'm, I'm, yeah, Resident Evil 7 is... I'm going to go find this. Resident Evil 7 is a fantastic game. And mm. if you don't have a console to play it, it is on like Stadia and it's great. It's yeah. perhaps, I think, the best Resident Evil game there is. Hmm. Yeah, there's some good stuff there, but it's it's not my it's not my high point of the year. It's it was a very good one. Um, obviously, it was a Monster Hunter game, and I am horrendously biased. I'm going to say I love the Monster Hunter games. So that that's all good, but I don't really need to go into it. Um, Inscription has been my my best gaming thing of the of the year. Um, it's a deck building roguelike with like a really kind of creepy vibe. Um, and it does some really, really cool stuff. If you like card games and deck building and roguelikes, it does some really neat stuff, which I honestly can't talk about because then I will, like, you know, because uh, the the stuff that it does is the thing that's cool. Um, so people should go and look at it. Like, I mean, maybe maybe I could stream some at some point. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, you can make sure you've got the... The keys, yeah. and you can stream some stuff today, so that'd be good. Get you set yeah. up for that. Um, wicked. Yeah. Oh, and Goblin Quest. I played some Goblin Quest this year. That was amazing. Go and buy Goblin Quest, people. Like, if you want something quick and fun to play, Goblin Quest is great. Expect to die. Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Um, Chig. Well, for me, the uh, the best gaming thing of the year was being able to get back and game with my local gaming group in person. You know, we had to take a year off to because of, you know, the plague. So actually getting to sit down at a table with my friends and some dice and some character sheets and, you know, play a game, that was that was real nice. Highlight of my year. Excellent. How about you, Chris? Yeah. Oh, um, let's think. Uh, I think most probably the best highlight was. Hmm. I think getting out all of the community content we we've done this year, and in particular the stuff for V five, because that stuff has existed in limbo for a fucking age and it's complicated i'm not going to get into the reasons why but to have ascension night and uh make blood boil in a uh, as official as can be um format uh is really good and i think we've had like yeah we're, we're inching close to bronze medal but given that they pay what you want a lot of people are not paying <laughs> what you want um they're they're downloading i think we've done they we've had like 600 plus downloads of those two scenarios collectively so um and that's been really good i mean people have reviewed them they would choose those um as their 
default intro scenarios. I think Make Blood Boil is mostly the stronger of the two. Um, otherwise, at, related uh, at Pax Unplugged, Nick was running Ascension Night uh, for his, oh, right. uh, his demo game. Yep. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah, and I I was supposed to run uh, Project Blacklight, but uh, things got uh, derailed real quick. Yeah, it was a great time though. Um. I'll have to talk to Nick about that and see how um, how it went. Um, the other cool thing I think was most probably did the Children of the Blood come out this this year? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did yeah, early. It did yeah. So that's like the first official V five stuff. And I think one of the reviews, like a number of the characters, got called out as being pretty wicked. Um, Again, that that the life of that that project is complicated due to approvals and and so forth. But yeah, there's been a lot. Of, oh no, actually, ultimate highlight. Sorry, fuck all the rest. Um, <laughs> um, was being um, a stretch goal uh, to be unlocked on the Iron Kingdoms, Borderlands, and Beyond um, Kickstarter. I think that was pretty cool. It didn't get unlocked, but it was just nice to be an option for that. Um, it has meant that learning D and D has been D and D has been hard to learn. Like, I think it's the you're the doing great with it though. Deep end to go into. <laughs> so it's it's a deep end to go into, and I have had anxiety kind of issues seeing some of the material I've written like previewed. Um, that's like oh no, um, yeah. So I would say that was the highlight. Because Iron Kingdoms is a, even though I can, I will personally say D&D 5e is not my favorite system, but contributing to Iron Kingdoms is really cool because it's like an excellent setting that right now is going through a lot of changes to get it to its next form. I still remember the day in Manchester Games Workshop when you introduced us all into Iron Kingdoms because you'd gone to a shop in Ulti and you'd brought the Protectorate starter set and you came in and you made us all play it and we we're all like, Protectorate? Oh, I didn't wow. know. I bought Signar and I bought that I from Fam. I no, I bought Signar from Fanboy Three and. Yeah, uh, we may have played games in a certain GW store I was working at on staff games nights. Because, um, <laughs> you know... The door was closed. Uh, people weren't allowed in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's ages ago. That's like back in 2020... You know, 20, 2002? 2002, 2002, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Crazy. And I, I still remember that. And, and when we played it, just loving, loving it. And it's still... Oh, that small game. scale, I still think it's a really, really solid game. It's just now overly bloated. Um, so, what's, I would say, based upon that, what's everyone's favourite looking RPG product to have come out in the last year? I know that's going to be really fucking tough. In the last year? Yeah. Um, are, does it have to be something we haven't worked on? I think something you haven't <laughs> that's worked gonna on narrow mostly, mine down a lot. <laughs> I think something you haven't worked on is mostly wait, okay. fair wait. choice. 
there 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 are RPG products that came out in the last year that you haven't worked on. <laughs> Name three. I'm trying. <laughs> um. Okay. Hmm. While she thinks, while Crystal thinks, I think what's also quite good is like, I think this last year has built on for us as Dark Days Radio a lot more from the previous year that, you know, we've got the self-publishing for like yeah. B5. I think that's really let us get some more content out that we've, that's, that we've had like lurking around and that everyone seems to be gaming wise, it's taking off a bit more. Like we've got stuff published or we're involved in certain projects or James, your computer game career is like you've you've had. Are you you're in the process oh, of upgrades? Um. Well, I mean, I, I suppose uh, I'm I'm going to toot my own little trumpet a little bit here. You should but, toot um, your own trumpet. Yeah. Uh, I I got a pretty I got a pretty big promotion this year, kind of a double promotion. Uh, so I'm I'm now a lead games designer, which um, you know, I I knew I was doing good work. Um, but I was quite surprised to actually get recognized for it. Um, and that has like the amount of work I'm having to do for my, for my actual like in office stuff has absolutely clobbered all of my energy for doing stuff outside of work. So, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't release any of the PDFs I wanted to this year. I didn't finish the card game I was working on. I haven't written the role play. I, I might not have mentioned I'm, I'm kind of idly trying to write a tabletop role play game as well. You know, I did a little, um, just like system stuff and setting things. And I was like, why not? Um, so I've got lots of, I've got lots of like half finished, half boiled stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, that that's, that's the way, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, cool. That's a really good, that's really good. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've jumped ship in the last, like I say, in the last few weeks to a new job as now a senior software engineer, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, cool. Anyway, Crystal's choice product. All right. So, um, I'm actually going to have to, um, it is a 5e product, but it takes like a spin on the trope where, um, it's, it's called good strong hands and it's by Craig Campbell. Um, and basically you have to save your fantasy world because it is crumbling in upon itself. So it's very similar to like, the never ending story where the world itself is actually destined to crumble upon itself. And you, you are the characters in that world trying to stop it. That sounds awesome. And it's yeah. named after the saddest part of the never ending story. So I know, which is why like, that's kind of what pulled me in at first was that quote. Um, being the title of the game because mm. no matter how strong his hands are, he can't stop it from happening. So, I Excellent. yeah. So that's my that's my shout out. I know, right? <laughs> um, Mike, favorite product? I think uh, I don't know about favorite, but the one I'm most interested in reading just because I've read all the others, is that there's a new Twilight 2000 uh, edition that's out. I got the big tin for it. <laughs> so it'd be kind of interesting just to check that out, you know, see what see what's going on. I don't think I'm going to run any Red Dawn uh, RPGs in the near future, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm always just kind of interested in how boxes, they it? do the uh, the survival mechanics and, and that kind of stuff in, uh, in those games. 
Cool. Uh, Jake? Um, my favorite RPG that came out this year. I'm going to go with uh, Technocracy Reloaded for Mage. Mm. It's a solid product. Still waiting on the physical book, but uh, read through the PDF. Really enjoyed it. Like the way that they updated things. And it's really good. It's fun. If you haven't read it, do so. Cool. Uh, Dave? It was this year. I don't, may not have been. There's so many that I've played. Like there's so many game, new games that I've played this year. That I can't remember which ones I actually knew this year. Well, it doesn't have to be um, the game itself. It can just be a product for a game. I, I don't even. I don't even think there's any products for it. But it's Bluebeard's Bride. Oh, um, that actually came out in 2018 because yeah. because that or 2017 actually because Whoa. it was up for an award the same time that Pip System got their award for the okay. Emmys. Okay, and that was, was 2018. There wasn't a second edition that came out. That was no, the second I, edition. That was the second. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> Never mind. It just gained a lot of traction recently. It gained a lot of traction because of um, the pandemic. A lot of people were playing it because of the um, safety mechanics built into it. It kind of felt like a very safe place to explore horror. Yeah. It's, so. it's, yeah. I, I discovered it this year. So, um, yeah. Okay. It's there, I think there, I think there was an expansion that came out this year, though, for it. Okay. which kind of helped it kind of expanded the world and added some more of the sisters into it so i think i think there is an expansion that came out this year yeah. so still legitimate it's such it's such an amazing game it's it's very much a horror game it's very 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 dark horror um based on the bluebeard french tale of the bluebeard's wives um and it is absolutely brilliantly feminist horror um, but there are so many games that I've been playing that I can't, I've lost track of which they are. Obviously, Vesson, Vesson, as we got told that it was Vesson. Yeah. Vesson. Um, that came out last year as well, but they've got the Kickstarter. So that'll actually probably be my product of the year because I'll get the alpha when the Kickstarter finishes on Monday. Um, but I don't know. I can't think of anything specifically that came out this year that was the product for me. I've just had so much thrown at me this year that I can't remember what's what. No, that's that's me. Uh, James, do you have a? Yeah, so it, it kind of came across my my radar this year. Um, uh, I I saw a recommendation for this game called Dot Dungeon. Um, and it's uh, they like. The, the art like it's a pretty it's a pretty book um but the thing that sold me is some of the stuff like their character classes they they do real weird stuff so like the mage for example uh between sessions you can prepare three spells and the way that you prepare spells is you get a real book and you highlight three sections in the book and those are the spells that you can and you can cast spells like that and then uh and then once you've cast them you cross them out can't cast those again they're done um, and all of this, all of the stuff, like the classes are very like small. Um, there's like someone who can, uh, you channel power from your real life piercings and tattoos. Um, tattoos become summons and piercings become, uh, like physical buffs to channel. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds real, real weird. Uh, but also very like systems light. And, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing my, my play group usually love. Um, okay. 
can you send me the link for that? Yeah, that definitely. Sounds amazing. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll send send that around. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty neat. I I haven't run it. I'm still kind of reading it because it only uh, popped up on my my radar very recently. So James, um, what you're telling me is that to min max in this game, I need to just go to the tattoo parlor, get a ton of piercings, ton of tats, and then I'll be the best of the best character ever. I mean, there is a bit that says you don't have to. You don't have to really have them. Um, if you if you can't or don't have any tattoos or piercings, but have always wanted them, make up a few. Like your oh character. Oh my gosh! You, you wow, they thought of now. everything. They thought Mike, of everything. you need to get like a whole temporary <laughs> tattoos. Just exactly what I was about <laughs> to say. Okay, Rubble I'll get ones. like a tiger yeah. right here, and then I'll get like mm-hmm. a pop tarts tattoo here, and no, pop like tarts Avengers all catalog. up yeah. and down your ro- your arms. Oh, <laughs> right. No pop tarts. You're right. Oh, yeah. I have the anchor somewhere because that's the new thing. That's that's the thing that all the hipsters do. You the basically become a hipster, no. aren't you, Mike? Yes. He, in the name of is... in the name of better gaming, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. The one I'm going to pick is because you know I think I think because it visually is a really cool book and i think mortbook didn't really grab me too much like it's graphically nice but i think you know i think i don't i'm always kind of eh, with osr and kind of like what it is and everything but vast grim i think is really cool looking um just graphically and then as a sci-fi horror is it's just just seems different enough from trying to be like yet another, you know, it's trying to be D and D because like Mortbook to me is just it's still ultimately a very simple kind of D and D type experience. So Vasgrim, I think, is my pick. Uh, I'd like to run some of that soon. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Um, what else can we chat about? Um, what are about we looking the future? Forward? Exactly. What yeah, are we looking, looking forward to next yeah. year, twenty twenty two. Oh god damn! A month from now, I'll be thirty nine. <laughs> You'll soon be with the rest of us in the forties. Yeah, tell us about yeah. what you did in the war, Grandpa. Thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of us, but there's not many of us here in the voice. Um, yeah, looking forward. What what's coming up? What's gonna be fun gaming releases in the next year? I'm looking forward to Elden Ring. Uh it's it's console gaming, it's not tabletop gaming, so you know I'm a dirty, I'm a dirty, dirty traitor, but um, you know, I, I love me some decaying civilizations wrapped up in the wrapped up in the rot of uh, the decadence and stuff. You know, that's that's a very Dark Soulsy vibe. Um, yeah, James, James, that's the one that uh, George R. R. Martin's working on while he doesn't write Winds of Winter, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it did have a little delay. It's not had a big delay yet. It's had a little one. So well, if George R. R. Martin's working on it. Expect big delays. <laughs> so a little delay here is only six years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not quite Kingdom Death yet. It's not quite at those kind of those kind of levels. Um, but we did we did actually have some Kingdom Death shipped, and we I'm did. we did. We I'm did. excited for the Gambler's Chest turning up. 
Um, oh I'm also God. horrified because I'm currently still, uh, I, I was in transit between one job and another before lockdown started. And so I am still living, uh, I'm, I'm living at my mum's house, like a real grown up um, uh, <laughs> with all of my stuff in storage. So where the heck the gambler's chest is going to go? And if the rest <laughs> of the stuff ships as well, I'm dead. I'm just going to be flattened under boxes. I'm likely Gam- to be in a different country, so I'm going to have to spend hundreds on the shipping costs, extra oh. shipping costs. So. Gambler's chest is basically Kingdom Death advanced, and it brings with it the base of the box, which was okay to, to put into context, right? This is a Kickstarter that brought in $10 million, right? So this is the Kingdom Death, like, second kickstarter and the first one brought in like a million so this brought in like 10 million god knows what it brought in on the back kit as well like late pledges and it just shipped out for black friday all the 1.6 upgrade packs plus the 1.6 version of the game and (laughs) gambler's test was meant to be this this like random table where every time a stretch goal got hit would be rolled upon and that would be added to it. But Adam Poots didn't have a chance to do any of that because every single stretch goal got ram Within basically. the first 24 hours or something. Within the it? first they 24 hours. Went. So it basically became like, if you pledged and backed to get the gambler's chest as well, which I think cost $50 at the time. Now, if you, if you late pledge to get it, it's when the backer kit is open, I think it's like $250. To like I think it's pushing claim near it. three, three, four hundred now. Something like that. It's ridiculous. And it contains an absolute fuck ton. And I think the box is about, about half the size of the Kingdom Death core box, which is insane in its own right. Yeah. So um yeah, that's gonna be cool. I, I think that's a fair choice, James. That's a, a pretty great pick. Yeah. Um Mike, what are you looking forward to? I don't think there's any products that I'm really looking forward to. What I think I'm most looking forward to, I'm going to give out a shout out here, is more episodes of the Realm of Fire podcast. Uh, I think it's just a a great, great jam. Uh, I really love the opinions of Rob and Brendan. And, um, you know, I think uh, as I've been drawn back into the Warham's orbit, uh, I think they are a a great guiding light uh, for that that hobby right there. So definitely, uh, definitely more of that. Yeah, they don't have much time for um, like Boarding. net listing and tournament play and shite like that. But it's more about let's have fun with the setting in the context of miniatures. Uh, I think at some point I'll mostly be on again to talk about, to chat with Rob and Brendan about why Warcry is like the best game ever right now. Um it's a really solid system. Uh, though I know Rob on there recently picked up uh, Aeronautical Imper- Imperialis, which I also bought. I've got just over here. Let's just grab those. We can try a new feature of my camera as well. While oh, I'll man. This. Oh, he's coming in. At some point, you should, when, when everything is fine, <laughs> um, you should come over, Chris, to Manchester. Sure, sure. And we can... Um, five red leader. Get right um, five with Rob. So, covered in too fast. We got one of these. Whoosh, you can see that. Whoosh, pew, that's a uh, that's a Xiphon fighter that I've painted up as a Blood Angels because they're going to go with my epic army. 
And these are more to scale with epic six millimeter figures than old stuff, old vehicles, wherever. That's a Storm Raven assault craft uh, dropship. So, how does that compare to a um, Thunderhawk? It's about half the size. Ooh, okay. Um, This is a Storm Raven is stunty. I can't even remember what this is fucking called, but um, some of the Eldar things. It's a, I think it's a Nightwing bomber, maybe. Yeah, it's not the Void Dragon. The Void Dragon is a little bit longer, I think. That's yeah. more like the Nightwing. And then I don't remember what these are called. Another Eldar thing. Cool. <laughs> that might be the Void. But these ones have. Well, it's a bit hard to show. Like, let's do that. Their wings. They've got a mechanism so that they can actually snap back. What? And snap back forward. So Yo, Forge World is next level with that. It's not Forge that's, World. And that's all plastic. That's just well, yeah, it is for it is technically Forge is, World because yeah, Aeronautica is, comes under specialist games, so it's co- technically controlled by the Forge World team. All, all the good stuff is uh is Forge like World. Like Necromunda as well. Um yeah, so that's a good product choice, I think, Mike. Um, it's good to be back. In, yeah, I'm in the same position. I mean, I'm painting stuff because I've got, like, um, Imperium Magazine, which I really need to cancel my subscription for, but I keep seeing, like, stuff coming up for it now, and I'm like, ooh, okay, that's that's cheap. Yeah, I've been painting some historical miniatures. Ooh, you can't see that very well. Ooh. Uh, guys. Focus now. Are you going to yeah, play some, um, what's some, Silver Bayonet? I've got some stuff for Silver Bayonet. Uh-huh. I need to find people to play it against. I don't know though. where to begin with it. I'd like to paint something for it, but I don't know where to yeah, begin with uh, it. Yeah, you can just buy the Perry, like a box of Perry plastics. Um, usually the uh, Command Sprues and the Skirmishers are a good place to, to grab some miles, and then just you convert them up. It's like, like I, yeah, Lordheim I just need to do kind of day. like, I just need to kind of do like Grimdark Sharp. That's basically what it is. It's Horror Sharp, period. Yeah, what if the 95th Rifles, the Chosen Men, were out there, but instead of shooting frogs, they were shooting frogs and vampires? Um, but that's a really good shout-out. You could run, you could definitely use Never Going Home to simulate, to use as an RPG for that for that kind of setting. Um, oh, nice. Cool. Um, I'd really love to write something for it. That'd be wicked. Um, uh, Bright, uh, Chick. What's your looking forward? Uh, there's a couple for... of uh, games that I backed on Kickstarter that I'm looking forward to next year. Um, first, like everybody else, apparently in the free world, the Avatar RPG. Looking forward to yeah. that. Oh, yeah. When we say Avatar, we mean Airbender, not Avatar as in Blue. I don't think James Cameron has any, any RPGs for that one yet. Give him, give him 30 years or so. We'll get there. Um. Uh, there was another one called uh, The Hammer and the Stake, which is uh, set in the 1920s. It's about uh, Eastern European socialists uh, taking back their country from Count Dracula. Cool. And uh, the Chu, Chu, C-H-E-W, sorry, I bit my tongue earlier. The Chu RPG, based on the comics, uh, uses the Forged in the Dark system from Blades in the Dark. I enjoyed cool. the comics, so looking forward to that one as well. Sweet. Yeah, it had a great first issue. (laughs) 
There's like 10 volumes. I'll let you borrow them. No, I stopped at the first issue, but it was great. And yeah, I just have to... I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm just left wondering, like, what other epic great things happened in that series. You should find out. Get yourself a Comixology uh, subscription. Or let me loan you the books. Uh, Crystal products you're looking forward to? Um, This can be stuff you've written on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think... um, Anything that's released next year then for Crystal. Oh, right. Um, I think... One of the things that I'm looking forward to is, um, and I did write on this one, but only for like small sections of it, um, is Frosthaven, uh, mm-hmm. which is part of the Gloomhaven series. Um, I'm really hoping it doesn't I've get... I've written something for that. It was... Yeah, you did write something, something, something for it. Um, it. It might get tied up in all of the shipping uh, stuff yeah, going on. Well, to put it lightly, <laughs> but it is really fucked right now with trying to work yeah. out shipping and getting i mean it's a multi-component game it's yep yeah there's a yeah. lot of moving parts for that um i am looking forward to seeing the final products and yeah um it all it comes with minis and stuff like that which i love and apparently have been collecting like goblin um and nothing with warhammer it's all other minis <laughs> so that's because yeah that's a thing. Um, and then I think the other one um, is going to be uh, I'm looking forward to Sirens coming out, Sirens Battle of the Bards, because it's so pretty. And I got to write one of the fiends, which is supposed to destroy the world, which is great. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, David, what product are you looking forward to next year? A couple, again, like Jig, it's like the Kickstarters that are coming through. So obviously there's going to be Mythic Britain and Ireland for Vesson, Vesson yeah. um, which will be coming out. Um, there's two others. There's Salvage Union, uh, which is done by Leyline's Press. So it's a new new game, mech, mech post-apocalyptic game. Really, really simple, really, really fun. Um, played the beta test as the first live stream a couple of days ago for Leylines Press, which was really cool. Great fun. If you like big guns and really simple systems on big mechs and hacking shit and weird weirdness and salvaging stuff in a, in a desert in a post-apocalyptic world, brilliant game. Looking forward to getting my hands on that. But the big one for next year that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. So Free League, Free League are doing the, the Kickstarter next year. Some maybe Q3, I think it is, for Blade Runner as an RPG. And that's the one that's really getting me. So let's let's hope it has a bit more legs than altered carbon. Um because that, that Free was... League, it will have legs. It's Free League. They seem well, to have the gold. Because alter, I think I think the problem with altered carbon, it was maybe really tied its look to the Netflix series that basically got two seasons and died. I think it got hamstringed by it. Yeah. There was a lot of issues with the series, but that came from the original RPG and the com- wasn't it based on the comic as well? So there's a lot of weird connectivities f- for where Altered Carbon came from. And then they did uh, the, the, the not stereotypes. Too certain. Yeah, they did uh, a lot I of think... stereotypes in the TV series and the, the RPG think... was dreadful. Those are questions for Pete when we can 
get when him on the stream because Pete knows a lot about altered carbon. Um, cool. Um, products I'm looking forward to next year. Oh God. Um, Wrath and Glory, Imperial Cities, uh, Caribbean because I wrote on that. Um, a lot on that, so it'll be great to see that imprint. Um, see what survives approval with Games Workshop because you know, um, though they're pretty cool. I think Games Workshop's actually pretty cool with the RPGs, um, given that there's a lot of world building that gets done, uh, thanks to it. Um, other products, RPG products, um. Oh, it's quite a challenge. Uh, I look at the. Uh, there's. The mm, I can't. I can't say anything about that. That's under NDA. Um, crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's that too. <laughs> bugger. Um, I think you can. You can talk about a Chronicles of Darkness thing that you worked on. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I can. Yet. Oh, I can fucking talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> want to see. It'll be good to see in print. Um, Changing lost the hedge. Um, so that's a book about the hedge, which is a. It, it's essentially going to be a book that expands, you know, storytelling in the hedge, and obviously it's going to overlap with the, with with the dreaming lands with with the dream realms because the hedge and the dream and and dreams are follow some of the same rules um there's a lot of funky weirdness in change and lost and the hedge is pretty scary for it and there's some there's some fun ideas in there and it's also a book that we've needed for the past 14 years so Thanks for writing it. Yeah, right. Glad it's coming out. I'd be, I would, I mean, it's going to, I'm having written on that. I'm now, I feel like I'm mentally in the place to run a stream running Change on the Lost Second Edition because I think the reason why I didn't feel confident was because the changes between first and second edition in, in Chronicles of Darkness with certain games is not so painful. Like Vampire the Requiem, it's pretty much the same. Werewolf, it actually gives you more tools to focus on the pack and their territory. You can still tell the same stories. Mage, much the same. If anything, they just give you more systems to do ropes and so forth. Changeling has more changes that, that change fundamentals about what the weird is and how uh pledges are done and so forth so it'd be really good to run it but i think i would need to run it with a with a bunch of people like yourselves who understand chronicles of darkness well enough that i don't need to worry about telling you the basics basic rules so i can focus on the the nuances the 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 weirder mechanics um and it'd be good to use the venice setting for that i just need to come up with a plotline but what i do want to run next year though because uh, having read through it, is Hunter the Vigil Second Edition. I really, really want to run a Berlin-based Vasco Echelon team of basically your kind of CIA, FBI-esque hunters who, and, and kind of emulate the Hannibal TV series, where 
the scariest thing is just people with is just in is just you know serial killers with uh with uh with interesting ways of murdering people that's that's the simplest way to put it so so what you're saying is is that you already have um ideas for streams for us to do as darker days <laughs> next year yes yeah All right, that, cool. that's that's sorted <laughs> and i think and that's a good point actually i think on the streaming side we're a lot better set up than we were previously i think um because our little family of of streamers has grown so we've got some trusted faces uh and i've got some things planned that are wrath and glory related it would be fun to return to wrath and glory at some point with the the team um it'd be fun to play some other stuff uh I would like um, to continue on a little bit with our never going home scenario too. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, there's lot. I mean, there's lots of games we could definitely run. I think obviously it's making sure we don't run too. You know, it's running campaigns that are get get to the gist of the game, but also aren't sprawling and long. Uh, I think we've learned our lesson with certain campaigns. Like Warhammer needs to be driven along maybe a little bit faster. Um, Wrath and Glory, likewise, I think I'm going to wait until a certain book is out and then I can use that. Uh, I don't know what, what else does anyone want to run or have ideas to run? I would love to run Chariots of the Gods for you guys. So a- Alien Chariots of the Gods. Oh yeah, that'd be intro, cool. The that'd intro, be really good. Yeah, the intro um, scenario. Do you see if you watch the Destroyer of Worlds, that's the second part to it, kind of. So the, they kind of lead into each other. But Chariots of the Gods is the intro scenario, and it's it's phenomenal as a, as a scenario and. Who doesn't love running around in space and not being able to hear being screamed and dying? Mm-hmm. I, at, when it comes out, I would love to run Gablonia. So, uh, what the that's fuck is that? Goblonia. Yeah, what's Gablonia? I thought I thought everybody knew. I didn't want to be the one to say. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's um, it was on Kickstarter, and I was a stretch goal for it. But you essentially play um, goblins in a goblin run city, very labyrinth-esque. Um, but the Fey High Court has taken over for the protection of goblins. And Queen Titania is in control of everything. And you basically play goblins trying to stick it to the man as best as you goblin can. I, I love it. That sounds great. I saw the Kickstarter and it looked fucking amazing it i really got to write good. a scenario about collecting mushrooms it was great <laughs> that's quite related to a book that's coming out <laughs> next year i think from cubicle seven for soulbound which is the force champions of destruction so we've had out for for soulbound we've had champions of order yeah okay play a stormcast go on play a fucking elf whatever and we've had champions of death which was like play undead play a ghoul play you know a vampire play a ghost champions of destruction allows you to play soulbound as orcs 
of various flavors. Trolls, which is interesting because they're not the most troggoths. They're not very with it in the head. Ogres, that's cool. But more importantly, goblins. Gargans. So again, you want to play gargans. Can you play as gargans on it? You can play as a gargan. That's insane. Yeah. Which is basically a giant, but bigger. So goblin seems to be a theme for next year, I think, is let's play uh, the game at games as a band of goblins in various forms. And of course, also in, in, in Age of Sigma, goblins are obsessed with mushrooms. So, yeah. So in That's Age of be... Sigma, are goblins and orcs made of mushrooms or is that just 40k? Um, oh, I uh, and like I'm I'm made of meat, but I also eat vegetables. Like, I want to no, make that clear. No, I don't clear. think they are in okay. Age of Sigma anymore. I uh, don't think they are fungoid in Age of Sigma. No, Aww. no, the 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 gits like any kind of mushroom that makes weird things happen, and the oryx well, just doesn't punch things. They're either cunning and sneaky, or sneaky and not cunning and sneaky, cunning and punchy, or punchy and cunning. Cunning and brutal, brutal and cunning. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. That's a lot of cool stuff. Um, we're almost at an hour here. What else can we say? What else has been other highlights of the last year? Um, I, so um, a bunch of freelancers do a nerdy secret Santa every year where we kind of exchange board games and stuff like that. And this year I got Shadows in the Forest, where it's the board game where you literally play hide and seek. You turn off the lights, there is a small little lantern and you move your characters around and you have to hide behind trees and objects on the board and not get caught. Hmm. That sounds fun. I am looking forward to playing it with my nieces and nephews over Christmas, so. Excellent. That sounds good. I, um, when I went back to back home, well, I say back home, back to Norwich for a bit for certain reasons. Um, I played a, I think it was called Weird Party or something like that. It was just a really simple card game, um, done by the people who do Unstable Unicorns. Yeah. Um, and it's basically you're trying to create the weirdest house party possible, and it was just. It was so stupid and random and, and inane, but you ended up with a bear and a unicorn and, and, and a guy in a fluffy teddy costume um, at, a, at a house party. Uh, and the next person across had a vampire at theirs, and they lost because the vampire ate everybody. Oh, and it was just—it was just like you made a weird house party, and you you invited all the weirdos that weren't invited to the other house parties. Um, that sounds like the succubus club parties for White Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is clean this was clean this is for children oh ah uh, okay this this does this does not involve any of that you should try costume party assassin super simple game where um everybody has a meeple with a costume and you draw a card and that is your meeple and then you move everybody around similar to Clue. Um, and if you roll, you have to roll a dice to figure out what room you move into or out of. Um, and if you roll black on the dice, you have to kill somebody in your character's room. 
And mm. you can either draw from the pile of meeples that aren't taken by somebody, or you can just kill somebody. You know what you could do with that, though, is you could then run it as long you make everybody buy the costumes and each time they change, they have to put on the costumes. Oh, as well. we were going to cosplay <laughs> as that for like the first Gen Con our group goes to. We were going to cos- cosplay as Costume Party Assassin. So. <laughs> like a nice. good time. Uh, thinking of games, because I checked the virtual tabletop version that's available. Um. I really want to run, I think it'd be great to do as a stream game, um, Leaders again, because that was fun, but complicated, where you only have one board in front of me and everyone looking at the camera. So with a virtual tabletop, it'd be good to play because it's a game that uses the app to do all your Oh, secret that's the moves. app thing that we played. Okay, yeah. yes, did, did I would be down for that. Or was that just, was that just... I think we play that privately. So I think if yeah. we can stream yeah. that with virtual yeah. tabletop and the fact that my computer is powerful enough to run that and stream then will be good um because yeah and and i'm excited to see actually i don't know where they are with that rudy games who i met at spiel like years ago who who make it they're making a fantasy version of that with some proper minis so uh, oh, so getting to know the system is going to be good. It'll be hopefully good that they they get that out next year. Um, you want to talk about the oh, uh, your Kingdom Death because they're doing the um, yeah they're, they're slowly the building up their virtual tool. Yeah. Um, and another that thing which fun. is going to be arriving, I hope, in the next year is Crypt X by Inside the Box Games. So this is kind of like a murder mystery type game near puzzle that just arrives to you it's just a a single player puzzle um they're also doing a a follow-up because they they did a game called let me just look this up inside the box games they brought out last year a huge uh single player rpg they brought out um Oh, no, I can't find anything because they're updating their website. Um, that's not good. Or they've already done that and they've put it somewhere else. Um, it's not Alba oh. you're talking about, is it? Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I backed that. Um, well, tell us about it. <laughs> uh, ooh, it hasn't turned up yet. Um, uh, the, it's been delayed with uh, shipping. Yay. Yay. Um, so uh, the book they're working on, because the book's going to be real big, it sounds like, um, to the point where they can't actually like get it printed very easily. So it's mostly going to be coming from abroad, and there's like uh, you get like a like a uh, a record sheet, and you can put stickers in the record sheet and stuff to keep track of track of things and um, run run through stories. It's it sounded neat, and like I, you know. I think we've had an interesting time with um, with talking to outside the box before. So I was yeah, Pete's really great to chat to. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at it on their website. So it's a choose. It's basically a choose your own adventure book. It is 19 different endings, uh, post war world. Uh, there's also some physical components. 
which one's that? That's the paperback version. That's the hardback version. The paperback version is fifteen pounds, which is pretty great. Um, yeah. It looks though absolutely ginormous and has a map, has character sheets, sheets, has tokens galore. Single player, yeah. Apparently, average session length is ten minutes because obviously you're doing short play bits from from it. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. Have we exhausted our time of things we want to chat about, or is there anything else that's interesting? Oh, I, I got a, I got a weird thing. So I've got a little box here. That there we go. Whoa. Um, a friend of mine uh, wanted to do a fan project um, based on some streamers from the UK uh, called Hat Films. Um, and they wanted to make a card game. So she asked me for help uh, on just explaining some card game mechanics. And I ended up, uh, I couldn't stop myself when I ended up helping her actually design it. Um, so th they got it printed uh, and sent a bunch of the cards out and stuff. So it's a very, very limited run. Um, but it's it's nice to actually have my first, you know, technically that's my first, uh, my, my first published board, I mean, self-published board game, right? Super, super limited. I mean, if you're only sending it to the people who made it, is that even so published? But um, yeah, one of their one of their guys is a woodworker and made made the boxes uh, oh, for yes. everyone on the project. Um, and yeah, I thought that that was that's the thing I did this year. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta have gotta have something you can point at and be like, oh yeah, I totally did that, didn't I? Um, it is nice to have physical products that you can actually grab and go. Mm. I made this, like. Oh, let's go find where is it? Like you can go. Where is it? Like, that, that's the one. That is it. Like that's yeah, that's crazy. Um, it's very pretty. Whereas, like I have this, which of course Crystal worked on. Yay! Mm -hmm. Um. Someone posted yeah. a picture of the Chicago tunnels in the V five uh, Facebook group today, and I was like, I wrote that part. That's my part. <laughs> now, the things I still need to play, and oh, let me. Jesus. So I've played, and it turned up this year that I backed was this. A rat catcher. So this oh, is a yeah, solo play, play game. This is a solo play game, and it's actually really fun. It's really fun. It's um. So you've got, let me let me do a product show off because I've got a new camera which allows this. So fuck it, let's do it. Um, it's, uh, you can see tokens galore and little magic cheese. And what you have are, um, you pick a, the, the, the uh, trays in here, they provide are really good. So, you have to, hold on, let me find the right bits. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, you, you're a rat catcher that has to clear out this, the, the town of Bree, classic, of rats. And you procedurally make the village, the town, sorry. You see the little arrows, that's where the things connect. And you draw wow. these out and you put them on. The, to the, the markers you can see there are where things are placed. So rats, cheese, items, health, and so forth. But the cards, I think, are just generally good for, like, I can see it's using for, like, Warhammer to proceed procedurally generate 
a village that you're running through if you need to. And while you're killing rats rat that come in different... around, aren't they? Yeah. While you're killing rats that come in different forms, there are also... Um, magic there cheese. There are also... <laughs> they're trying <laughs> to get green. all the magic cheese. So you're trying to get 10 of them, and they're trying to do the same thing. There's also peculiar rats like this guy who can turn up or are you randomly determining which ones turn up to kind of, you know, make your life hell like the mad ratter or uh, what's another favorite? Um, uh, let's see. No, no. Uh, or this one. The backer rat because he just likes collecting Kickstarters. <laughs> so you've got to fight that. His name was going to be Bert then. But also, I, didn't know the other I made thing, it into that game. <laughs> the other thing is so you've got like there's six different rat catchers you can play as, and they have lots of upgrade trees. Oh, cool. So that's pretty cool. Wow. And that's a, you can see the slots. So these oh, are not just a single oh, tray. Nice. That's a, oh, that's so keep cool. your widgets in. Like this dude is pretty cool. And you can you should randomly determine before you play the game which of the epic kind of nemesis rats you fight against. So there is is this all the nemesis rats? Uh, let me just check. So for example, there is the oh uh, it's because they're double sided, aren't they? Yeah, there's the the brood mother or the rat king. Or there's uh let's see one. Uh, no, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it, that's it. There we go. We've got the abyssal rat and also the the moor. So it's a fun little solo game and is well designed. And one of the other things I got with it is you can get the you don't get these with the core game, but if you back if you backed it and you or you can buy it separately, you can get the little meeples of the individual peculiar rats and nemesis rats. So, um, and as you kill rats, you collect them in your your tally cage, Ooh. which then you trade in your killed rats to get upgrades. So. It's kind of it's kind of cute, kind of fun to play. I should play some more over Xmas and uh, and uh, see if I can do any better because it's fucking hard um, as a solo game. And then the other thing which I need to play, but Sam does not like this game because the thing I've learned is you know how like when you play a role play game or when you play or even a war game, everything is like right in front of you, like you know the rules, they're there, you know how everything works, whereas I learned James, and we looked we looked this up, and Sam confirmed it for me. There's a some people don't you know, some people really hate playing CCGs because CCGs require you to be aware of not just what's in your deck, yeah, but all the other cards everywhere, and all the other cards are all exceptions to the rule of the main game. Yeah. So Sam hates card games, which is cool, which is fine. But I do need to play is Rivals because I got sent mm -hmm. as a, a freebie the Nosferatu and Gangrel expansions. And so from what I know of it and what I've read, it's kind of 
Vampire the Eternal Struggle, but in a limited for well, in a non-collectible format. Yeah, and far simpler. Hmm. Yeah, though I do have a bunch of like classic Vampire the Eternal Struggle cards around here at some point, which if I was to properly work out what what there was of every card, I could possibly sell for a pretty penny. I don't know. I don't know you if I should sell do a that. load of MTG cards and made a crap ton of money off it. Not really. Yeah, I what did, they were. when I divested oh, oh. from Magic the Gathering, it was great. Um, uh, yeah, so that's other cool game stuff that arrived in the last few months. Uh, other than the Batman miniatures game, which I still need to play properly, but the new edition is much better. That's what I heard. Good stuff. Well, it seems like we've all got some great things to look forward to. And, um, you know, uh, we definitely have a lot of content as well for the podcast coming up real soon. I did some interviews at uh, PAX Unplugged. Um, who, uh, Dave, who did you interview, interview there? Oh, I interviewed um, Joe Pitt, uh, DJ Toridor. He does the um, uh, streamed uh, Montgomery by night. Really hope that's yeah, correct. Yeah, I think so. Okay. He does a bunch of he does he's also guested on a bunch of other streams too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I played uh played some Werewolf of Forsaken with him one time. It was uh it was pretty solid. And then nice. also um uh Jen Brasis, who who's an independent artist who, who freelances a lot. And also uh our friends Mark and Rick, previously from Gehenna Gaming, now doing Mondo Kane Publishing, which is a pretty neat uh brand new company and they had a lot of great insight into uh like starting up a company and uh and that kind of stuff so it was pretty exciting to hear about i mean the other thing i need to play is i've got lurking around i got given to me as a gift was um gaslands um so much fun i need to basically buy a lot of of matchbox vehicles and i've heard that's a really good good game it's tabletop mad max i've played it a few times and it really is tabletop mad max you are racing around blowing the crap out of everyone and and uh, post-apocalyptic your Hot Wheels cars. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I need to do. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. Um, if there's nothing else to be said, uh, well, um, you know, have a fun holiday if you're watching this, and hopefully um, the the Krampus brings you all the ill-gotten gifts you desire. Um, uh, you know, children that you don't. And you get a chance to play some fun games with family and friends, because Christmas is great for playing those certain games which you don't crack up too often, um, but you do just to annoy family and friends because what's more fun than playing monopoly at christmas and having an argument like oh grim like don't play monopoly monopoly is the worst game to play at christmas never playing it's the worst game to play in general um uh but yeah have a good christmas and holidays in general uh and new year and we'll be back. I mean, Mike, you'll mostly be getting out the PAX episode fairly soon. We'll, we'll talk about it <laughs> after the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, if there's any anything content-wise you want us to cover, then send us an email at darkdaysradio at gmail.com. Or you can come over to Instagram or Twitter at darkdaysradio or Facebook, darkdaysradio, 
or onto our Discord channel where you can talk about maybe show off what you got for as presents like for Christmas or whatever. You know, have a look. Um, you know, share what interesting games are out there because there's a lot. There's a lot right now, actually, and it just gets harder and harder to keep up with because there's always more stuff and less time to play these things than ever. But yeah, have a lot of fun. It's been a good year, despite everything. And next year, despite it being complicated, we will do some fun content. So stay tuned. But that's all for now. So we'll say goodbye, I guess. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Thank you.